Yes, sir. We're going to beat their ass and recruit it. We're going to beat their ass every time they see us. Oh, you understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. 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 You say that? Yes, sir. We're going to beat their ass and recruit it. All right, get ready. Thank you for joining the ESPC Podcast Network. The purpose each podcast is to make us money. I have an MBA, uh, securities, licenses, clients net worth $50 million. Uh, been advising businesses for 25 years, successful businesses, giving good advice. The worst advice you can get is bad advice. So what we do here is we give you business and financial concepts in order to successfully wager on football games. Uh, every single podcast is a business meeting with a clear, specific purpose and a repeatable, scalable process, outcome. We live in a you know, $137 trillion market in the United States, so there's money for everyone. And we have a system that has uh, stood the test of time. We put pieces together uh, over a 25 year period and now, the conclusion of it is that last year, specific outcome is we made $71,000. So you got two things going here. We give you a fish, we give you picks, how to make the picks, the who, what, where, and the whys, right? Salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term. So from a long-term point of view, we give you a process that you can use long-term to successfully wager on football games. We give you the numbers, the methodology. For example, 52.5 is break even. We want to get every year to 70%. That's why we put it on the uh, title of the podcast, 70%, right? Because you want that margin. Most important, one of the most important parts of business is a margin. So uh, in the episode notes, we have the top 10 uh, rules of betting. And to that end, uh, as far as the top 10 rules of betting, number one is do not bet your own team, right? Do not bet your own team. Number two rule of betting is always do your research. So, we doing these conference previews. Uh, the second part of the Pac-12 was going to be the penult, the penult, uh, English is my second language, so you have to bear with the uh, penultimate conference. Next week, we're going to do the SEC. This is going to be part two. Part one, we had the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers. We've got great insight. We do great reporting here. We give you insight from the players, from the coaches. We can't disclose who they are most of the time. Chance, we're big fans of Chance. Chance Nolan, his brother Chad, it's on the NFL podcast. You will be on the uh, SEC podcast, Arena League Superstar. He played college football. So we, we have a lot of football technical knowledge. We have a lot of sports betting technical knowledge and we give it all away. We're not like extra sports or anything else where you have to pay uh, 300 bucks a month. We give you all of the information. Now, the person with the best information wins. So we're gonna give you the best information so you can win consistently every week. What do we get out of it? We get collaboration. We've gotten great information from people on the podcast, people who listen to the podcast as we've grown every single year. 
we get numbers that people pay millions of dollars for, for the downloads. We don't pay for any downloads. It's been organic growth as we head into our fourth year, all right? But again, number two rule of vetting, we put the top 10 in the episode notes is always do your research. We'll go with the Pac-12 part two. Uh, we had the interview with uh, Chance, starting quarterback at Oregon State. He's given us good information and he will continue uh, to give us good information uh, as he plays different teams and he gives us good insight so we can all of us, all of us together, we can monetize it. So first team we're going to look at here in the back 12 is going to be the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, they returned 57 career starts in the offensive line. So when I start evaluating college football teams, you start with that. Certain teams are blue blood teams. Oklahoma, Texas, USC, Alabama, Georgia. Alabama's won seven national titles. Georgia's won one. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, he's at Texas A&M. He won a national title. So that's, that's 10 national titles right there. So those teams are blue bloods, right? And you go uh, 2007, 2009, USC won three in a row. Oklahoma got one in 2000. So those are the blue bloods. Ohio State has won one where they Meyer, then a Meyer won two with Florida. But Florida, we'll get into that next, uh, next one. They're borderline blue blood, and then you have developmental teams. To that end, me as a person who picks stocks, who does wealth management, there's always a battle between fundamental analysis and technical analysis in the finance world. So we use finance concepts to determine outcomes. Get the truth, right? Like Elon Musk says, once you have the truth, you can predict outcomes, according to Elon Musk, the richest man of all times. So we do the same here. That's why we talk to the players. That's why we do our research. Technical analysis, nobody's ever gotten rich using technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis, what you see on CNBC and Bloomberg. The fundamental analysis, a lot of people have gotten rich, and a lot of people have gotten rich exploiting market inefficiencies. So the number one tenet within fundamental analysis is analyzing the CEO, right? Elon Musk is so smart, Tesla. So you wanna invest in SpaceX because Elon Musk is so smart. So what do you do? You look at the corporate governance of a football team, of a football organization, who the general manager is, who the head coach is, who the, you know, in this case, the athletic director is. You, you kind of do a deep dive into it. And that way, uh, it's a really good key into being able to determine the decision you make, right? We teach decision science as well. Decision science is used by the Fortune 500 companies in order to make decisions. And we use that to make decisions on the outcome of games. And that's why we made $71,000 last year betting on college football. We're blessed in the richest country in the world. So uh, like Keith Jackson used to say, the big uglies, it all starts with the offensive line. And as chance, if we're talking chance, the more football you play, the better off you are. So the more career starts you have on the offensive line, it's a good basis to start looking at a football team. Now, blue bloods can have an offensive line come out of college, have no career starts, and be okay. But if you're not a blue blood, you have to develop players. How good of a coach is he at roster management? Keeping players, not getting them into the portal, keeping them, them with them, being able to develop them. And once they develop them, be able to get the fruits of their labor. How good are they? Judd Fish over here at Arizona. I like him a lot because he's like me. Never played a down football in college or pro, obviously. But he's getting $4 million a year as a head coach at Arizona. 
he, he looks like a guy who's developing an organization, almost like a corporate guy. Uh, offensive coordinator is going to be Brendan Carroll, his daddy, Pete Carroll, won three national titles at USC, won a Super Bowl with Seahawks, pinnacle football. So he, he's been at the top. He's a good recruiter, offensive coordinator. So the staff, what kind of staffs did they have, right? Uh, Brendan Carroll's going to be all right. They're switching out their uh, office, uh, defense coordinator. And they're building that program up. But they only have 57 career starts coming up on the offensive line. Seven coming back on offense. Eight coming back on defense uh, for Arizona. And let me get their schedule up here. They're a team that are going to surprise people. Because if you live in the past, you die in the past. A lot of people are looking at historical numbers. So at San Diego State, September the 3rd, big game for them. Uh, at home against Mississippi State, North Dakota State. Remember, North Dakota State, we talked about them before. If you're listening to the previous, which you should, in order to make some money. Uh, because we give you information too, right? That you cannot get anywhere else. Person with the best information wins. We give you a uh, different slant because uh, I feel that information on sports betting podcasts, a good one like ours, is better than anywhere else because if we're wrong, you lose money. What's What did Warren Buffett say, right? Do not ever lose money. Don't lose money. Uh, North Dakota State should be in the Big 12. They're a very, very strong SES program. Uh, they win a national title every year. That's going to be a tough game for Arizona. Uh, but since they did bad last year, look for a return to the mean and look hard at that San Diego State game. As far as wins, I think they can win San Diego State. Because San Diego State, again, they had a great year last year. The teams go in two-year cycles. So it was an up cycle for San Diego State last year. I look at this year actually be a down cycle for them. Uh, they're going to be overvalued in this game against the, the Wildcats. Uh, at Cal is another situational game you got to look at. Uh, they get Colorado at home, Oregon at home. Then they have a bye before they get USC at home. And remember, USC is going through a big transition. Uh, we'll get to them later because they have some surprise nuggets on USC. Uh, at Utah, UCLA, Washington State. In Arizona State. So they only won one game last year. So uh, if you can get a total of three out there, go ahead and take the over on your Wildcats. Uh, Jet Fish has coached with Bill Belichick, with the Patriots, Jim Harbaugh, and Michigan. So he has a unique way to look at football as being a non player. I'm kind of looking at it from an academics standpoint and really checking all the dots and running a professional program would not be a tracker if they win six games You're like josh what are the six games well san diego state at san diego state then get the momentum and beat mississippi state from the sec but this is mississippi state just because they have the sec uh moniker doesn't mean anything it's it's bleach and leach uh does not value early games listen as preseason games, uh, bigger game for Arizona. Then again, North Dakota State FCS. Remember, the problem with the FCS teams is depth in second halves. September 17th is still going to be hot in Arizona. So it's it's going to be hot. It, you know, the traveling team always has a disadvantage. So they could be 3-0 going to Cal, 4-0 Cal, get Colorado at home. Suddenly, Arizona, people are going to start going crazy, right? 5-0. Oregon's going to be tough. At Washington, it's going to be tough. Five and two. USC coming in. Uh, if Arizona's five and two at that point, man, they're going to be hyped up for that game. USC's in transition. So possibly they could be six and two. Uh, at Utah, that looks like a loss. At UCLA, it's going to be tough at that point because I don't think coaches develop as much depth as he would like at this point. And you go Washington State. And then Arizona State Wildcard. So this team could win eight games, people. So if you can get the season total at three, four, you're making money, right? That's how we make $71,000 analyzing and doing our research. So I like Arizona this year 
over the season total. I saw it at three before. I think now it might be three and a half, four. But I, I, I would jump on it, to be honest. All right. That's your Arizona Wildcats. Uh, Arizona State. Herm Edwards. Coach in the NFL. He has Marvin Lewis, who took the Bengals to the playoffs six times as a head coach. He's really their defensive coordinator. Uh, they say Glenn Thomas is the offensive coordinator. Uh, new defensive coordinator, Donnie Henderson, who was defensive coordinator with the Jets under her in 2004 with the Lions. But truth be told, it's Marvin Lewis. We call him a special assistant. But he's really, and I've seen him in the press box with, you know, looking at sheets. Uh, he comes up with a scheme, right? He's not there for nothing. He's supposed to be an analyst. Uh, but he's analyzing, coordinating the defense from the box. He's just not on the field with the players. Probably doesn't want to deal with them. But probably has uh, Henderson being uh, the mouthpiece. But, man, they're solid schematically. They're going to be solid. Uh, they lost 30 guys in the portal, but they brought 21 to the portal. I've heard a lot of people disrespecting my guy. Uh, the Emory Jones is coming from Florida. He's going to be the starting quarterback at Arizona State. He's not as bad as people are making him out to be. Uh, and he's a developing quarterback. And now he has a chance to take it to the next level with Arizona State. So look September the 10th out of Oklahoma State as people are bad-mouthing Herm Edwards as they're going to be on probation, maybe. The NCAA has been free to really put the foot down lately because they've been losing lawsuits. They hadn't lost a lawsuit. The NCAA has been around probably 100 years. They, hadn't, they didn't lose a lawsuit since 1984. And now they're on a bad losing streak. So who knows what's going to happen with Herm. Uh, there's a lot of disarray here, but you know, Herm's used to it. That's what happened when he was in the NFL, when he went to ESPN. Now, you know, we live in an uncertain, chaotic world. So if he battens down the hatches, like I'm sure he is doing, he has enough talent. And with Jones, trigger man, and they return 62 starts on that offensive line, bring some guys in through the portal. Uh, these are NFL coaches, so they know how to coach. So I like them a lot at Oklahoma State since the third. Remember, September the 10th, you got to always do your research. So I'm giving you a basis, kind of way to lean as you do your research uh, before these uh, games. September the 10th, at Oklahoma State, Eastern Michigan. Uh, it could be 3-0 and going into Utah. And then at USC. Uh, USC is going to have a lot of tough games this year because they, they have a, obviously – they're not going to get any calls on the road, but we'll get to USC later. Uh, Arizona, again, they're going, to, they're going to be a lot better than what people are saying, even though they only return three on offense and four on defense. Herm knows how to put uh, teams together. And after that bye week, I think he's going to use that first six games uh, to really evaluate what he's got. And then the last six games, I would not be shocked if they not, uh, go 6-0 and after the bye, because that's the way pro coaches are. They, they, that's how they plan out their seasons, okay? We're gonna do X, Y, Z. We're gonna test everything out for six games. We wanna be three and three coming off the bye, and then win our last six games. Nine and three season, win their bowl, 10 and three, will be a phenomenal season for your Arizona State Sun Devils. So look at them to go over the season total and to cover the spread, the last six games of the season, they go to Stanford, winnable, at Colorado, winnable, UCLA, they'll have a schematic advantage uh, in the, you know, against UCLA, you know, against Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly did not do well in the NFL. And these are NFL defensive coaches. Mr. Henderson, who was a defensive coordinator in the NFL, and Marvin Lewis, also a defensive coordinator, uh, defensive mastermind who won a Super Bowl with your Baltimore Ravens and Bill Billick. So I like Arizona State a lot coming out that bye, maybe going 6-0 uh, 
um, running the table with Stanford, Colorado, UCLA, Washington State, Oregon State, hopefully not, because I'm rooting for those beavers. So five and one coming off the bye, eight and four, I'll take. Uh, and then Arizona. So the Sun Devils, uh, betting over season total, if you get six, seven, bet over that. And more often than not, look for them to cover the spread last six games of the season. From your Arizona State, we're going to go to what many people are calling the best team in the Pac-12, and that's your Utah Utes. Man, when you talk about corporate governance, uh, Willingham, who's been there 18 years, uh, went undefeated as a defense coordinator there with Urban Meyer and Alex Smith. Uh, did a great job there, obviously. Offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig, who did a great job at Wisconsin, San Diego State. And a lot of the pairings, right, with coordinators and head coaches, different philosophies. Like a lot of Arizona State games are going to be under because they have a defensive philosophy. Same thing with Tyrone, uh, with uh, not Tyrone, but Kyle Willingham. Tyrone Willingham was the coach of Notre Dame back in the day. Uh, but he's not, he's, he's very unique as a defensive guy. He's from the West that if a game is leaning to go towards a shootout, he'll let it, he'll let it go. A lot of defensive uh, coaches don't because it wears down the defense. You score fast. Supposedly, it wears your defense down. Uh, Kyle Willingham, he, as we saw in the Rose Bowl, not afraid to get in a shootout, which makes him unique. I think going into the season, as they do their season planning, they got to watch out for not putting too much on this game at Florida. And it's a game where if Utah loses, that doesn't mean Florida's good and they're going to have a great season. And the opposite of that, it doesn't mean Utah's bad and they should just quit because, you know, they might be out of the playoff picture. Uh, it's going to be tough playing there. And global warming, it's going to be over 100 degrees on the field. Hopefully they bring 20 ventilators there or, or air mist machines. They're like fans. Uh but yeah, you got to go Florida, Florida second half line in that game. Uh, revenge game against San Diego State. Definitely pick Utah to cover that, whatever the line is. Uh, but they're going to be fine as far as uh, getting into the Pac 12 championship game and then getting back to the Rose Bowl. Uh, they got eight coming back on def- uh, offense, six coming back on defense. And they have. Uh, 72 starts on that offensive line. So they have great corporate governance. Uh, they have a great plan. They, they, you know, it's recruiting to the style they play. They do a great job of that. And they do a great job of developing defensive linemen. That's what uh, they're good at. And uh, had a great time watching them with Chad. And we saw Devin Lloyd, first-round draft pick, linebacker from Utah. So he's really – Willingham is a great coach at identifying defensive and offensive line talent. Uh, and they're going to be a fun team to watch. So again, bet the second half line uh, against them with the Gators as they come from nice weather to horrible, hot, humid weather. However, as the season goes along, Utah gets stronger and start betting them to cover. And again, in a revenge game, uh, they've been studying all year San Diego State. Look for them to blow out San Diego State at home on September the 17th, whatever the line is. And if you can get it early, bet it early. All right, so that's Utah. Use 10 and 4. Uh, look for them to, to be close to that this year as well. To win the South again. Now we'll look at the most overhyped team in college football this year. Uh, USC. Uh, USC has 109 starts coming off of the offensive line. That's going to be important. However, this should be fine with Rice, but at Stanford, Fresno State, and Oregon State, 
going to define the USC season because, like Chad told us, they they got rid of like about thirty five people left on the portal, and they brought in 30, 35 guys. So if they start one in three, look for a lot of these guys to go south. It's like, oh, what? I thought I was going to win the national championship, but look at us, we're one in three. Uh, Lincoln Riley's going to have to do some coaching. He's not been in that type of situation. And since he bought a $17 million house, uh, he got a huge signing bonus. They're not going to fire him after the first year. So he can go full on. We're going to rebuild and wait until we get into the Big 12 or the Big 10. Big 10. So it'll be interesting. And then the season can really go south. Arizona State, Washington State, you would think as wins, but then you go Utah. So if you start one and three, after Utah, you could be three and four going into the bye. At Arizona, Cal, Colorado should be automatic wins. So if you're three and four, now you're six and four going into UCLA and Notre Dame. You go 0 and 2, you're 4 and 8 again. Would not be shocker, right? Now let's look at the opposite. What, how many if things go right? If they beat Rice, they surely can go to Sanford and beat Sanford. Look for that game to go under the total, whatever it is, because people are just looking at historical numbers. Stanford, the way they play, they want to play in a shoebox, control the ball, run clock, going to play zone, make Williams hit underneath stuff, double Addison, right, and beat up the other guys, bump and run, beat up the other guys. That's the way they play old uh, NFL Raider style. Beat up the other receivers, double Addison, play zone, keep everything in front of you, stop the run. That game should go on you, right? Fresno State's going to be tough. Or at Oregon State, they're not going to get any calls. So, season they could they could make a run and be ten two, but they can also be four and eight. So you have to be careful with them. You can't just automatically blindly start bringing USC games. And then you got to look at the under some of these games because people are going to be overhyped watching ESPN, watching this, watching that. I guess not ESPN because Fox is going to get the contract. But they're watching Fox, hyping up USC because they're going to be in the Big Ten later. And the line goes up. And boom. Boom. As far as the total is concerned, bam, you go under. Uh, and look hard at betting Stanford. Look hard at betting Fresno State. Look hard at betting Oregon State at home. For Oregon State. So on the road, USC goes on the road to Oregon State. The referees are going to swallow the whistle, right? Beaver penalties and call quick flags on the Trojans, right? Don't let the door hit your way out, hit you in the ass on the way out to the Big Ten. So you got to look at those spots. You got to look at those situations and look to go the other way because USC has a rich alumni base. I think their endowment is like $26 billion. Uh, so they like to bet blindly. A lot of people all over the country like to bet blindly your USC Trojans, which I wouldn't do. So you go the other way and you make money. That's how we made $71,000 last week. So that is your USC Trojans. Uh, another overhyped team is your UCLA Bruins. They go 84 last year. They only returned two guys on defense. Eight, what is it, six on offense. BTR is a turnover machine. Uh, they're saving grace is that they have a very easy schedule. Uh, Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, Colorado. Look for that Colorado at Colorado. Because UCLA is not going to be that good. And, the, you know, they're going to be 3 0 going in there uh, in the altitude. So bet the second half line. Your Colorado Buffalo's in the altitude. But then uh, they get Washington on a Friday night. Maybe it could be after a loss. So they go 4-1, and one, then Utah. It's going to be tough. So uh, going into the bye, it should be 4-2, and 5-1. and one. Then they go at Oregon, which most likely will be a loss. 
uh, Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, USC, and Cal. So UCLA can get by being mediocre, still go like eight and four. But not much to see, right? They're going to have a season they should have with as much talent and as much money as they pour into the program. It's going to be another uh, winning season for Chip Kelly. But if he gets four losses, are the fans going to keep him around? I, I would guess yes. I don't think that, uh, they just gave him a new contract. So I don't think the administration is really uh, going to be a set at eight and four. Bowl game is going to be important for them. Uh, that's UCLA. And it looks a bit under on UCLA because a lot of people get enamored with uh, Chip Kelly. And, you know, Chip Kelly can put big numbers on the board, especially late in the season after his defense is depleted. But the Lions maker sometimes overdo it, right, to take your money. So don't let him do it. Uh, be wise. Do your research and don't just automatically bet the over because it is Chip Kelly. But their defense is going to suck. <laughs> Bad. With all these three guys coming back and all these portal guys. And uh, Chip Kelly doesn't have the best personality in the world. So when things go south, it really goes south for Chip Kelly. So look at that as well. The season's going south for them. Look to go the other way on your UCLA Bruins. Again, I'll reiterate. They're not that good. So that's the story in UCLA. And DTR is a turnover machine. So don't get caught up in that hype with DTR. They're starting quarterback. He has a turnover machine. All right. So that's UCLA. So from UCLA, we will go to the Colorado Buffaloes. And... Uh, Carl Durrell is like uh, De Podesta, the general manager over Cleveland. He first was in baseball and uh, did well with Oakland, and then he moved on and has sailed forward everywhere else he's gone. Same thing with Carl Durrell. He's a wide receivers coach for 10 years, getting fired everywhere he went as a receivers coach in the NFL after he was head coach at UCLA and got fired there. Uh, but he's doing a good job as far as like, you can see the plan. He's getting five million a year at Colorado. I can see the plan where he's a great recruiter and he stays away from coaching the team from the X's and O's. He just makes sure they have really good talent in there. He's done a good job recruiting. Uh, so his assistance, right? The corporate governance is gonna be very important for them. And man, they got a great offensive coordinator and Mike, Sanford. Last year, they had a lights out defense. Uh, they held Texas A&M, who ended up being the Alabama, to 10 points. They should have won that game, except their offense, like it was all year, was horrible. So it's a good thing for them that they've improved their talent on the offensive line, uh, going the Yuko route, Juco route. So Carl Durrell was head coach of UCLA. He's been around the block a few times. He knows how to recruit. Uh, recruit to the system he must run and Mike seen for now he put his Durrell's horrible with the uh, X's and O's but he's a great recruiter so now he has a great X's and O's guy Mike Sanford who coached uh, with coach Ship Kelly uh, when he was at uh, Notre Dame I believe uh, he was the head coach at Western Kentucky he was the offensive coordinator at Row Your Boat, uh, Minnesota. And I remember him as Notre Dame days. And then uh, I think it was in Cincinnati with uh, Coach Kell, the coach who's now at LSU. So it's a good hire for him. Uh, defense coordinator is solid, Chris Wilson. Uh, he did a great job last year. So look for Colorado, like that TCU game, TCU's in transition. That's a great spot for them. Uh, at Minnesota, uh, Minnesota beat them last year, so I know they studied film on them all offseason uh, to kind of change that result. And Minnesota's in the first year of a two-year cycle. Remember, teams go in two-year cycles. They recruit in two-year cycles. 
but sometimes like Satan, uh, it's in the first year of his two-year cycle last year. That's why he's calling it a rebuilding year for him. But for him, a rebuilding year is losing in the national title game. Colorado, it could be four and eight rebuilding, and then next year come back being four. That's what I think this, you know, I like TCU game at Air, Air Force, Minnesota, they could upset them. I look for them at home to beat UCLA on September 24th. So you might get some really good numbers. A lot of people just betting UCLA blindly. Arizona. So they could be 5 0 going into Cal, 6 0 at Arizona, uh, Oregon State. Most likely a loss. Arizona State home could be a one. So they could be one, two, three, four, five, six, and one after the Arizona State game. That Oregon looks like a loss at USC. Who knows? So Colorado could have a breakout year this year, you know, on the positive end of it. But again, uh, Coach Durrell goes four and two first year, four and eight last year. Uh, things can go south quickly with him. He hasn't proven from a corporate governance standpoint, from a mental analysis standpoint, to use financial terms uh, as he used that as a basis for identifying uh, analyzing teams when you're using that as a basis carl Durrell is a big question mark remember this is our hard earned money but tcu friday night september the second look for uh, the buffalo colorado buffaloes cover that game and remember to do your research in the season total for colorado uh, if you can get, yeah, if you can, they're going to go over five wins. So uh, that's something to look at. So that's Colorado. And they return uh, 78 career starts in the offensive line. But that's my count. So I'm going to be off by a few. But that's enough uh, for them to have a breakout year, eight, nine wins at worst. But they could also go four and eight. Is Carl Durrell. I think he's going to have a great plan going into the season, but in season, he hasn't proven yet that he can make those adjustments. So that's Colorado, the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, then you have Phil Knight University, the Oregon State, uh, Oregon Ducks. Uh, Coach Dan Lanning just won a national title with Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, coach for Nick Satan in Alabama. Uh, that is eight national titles between those guys. Uh, Protégés of Kirby Smart and Nick Satan have done well. You look at Mel Tucker at uh, Michigan State. Uh, you look at D'Antonio at Michigan State and Kirby Smart as, as well. Is doing great jobs as, you know, Jimbo Fisher as well. Won a national title. So Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher both won national titles as assistants to Nick Satan. Kirby Smart has the same philosophy. Dan Laney comes from there. He's going to play the 4-2-5. And Cristobal did not leave the cover bare though there at Oregon. They have 86 career starts on the offensive line. Uh, Cristobal was the offensive line coach for Coach Satan. So uh, Cristobal's done a great job as well with Oregon, another protege of the Nick Satan coaching tree over there in Alabama. Great recruiter. Uh, they returned seven on defense, eight on offense. Going to be very, very interesting. Uh, Oregon against Georgia. Uh, Landing knows them. Two defensive coaches going at each other. It's going to be the same as the Clemson game last year. Pick the under in this game. Let's see what the under total is on that. So when I tell you something, look at the basis, right? When you start looking at it, say, all right, Josh missed $71,000 doing this last year. He's telling me to look hard at the under, right? Uh, never bet blindly. Always do your uh, research, but I'm giving you a basis, a starting point to start analyzing uh, these games. 
So September the 3rd against Georgia. Two defensive coaches going at each other, very familiar with each other, and the total is way, 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 way too high at 51, and the line's way too high at 18. So pick your Oregon Ducks under 51 plus 18. Once I get done with the podcast, I'm placing that bet. All right. Uh, as far as the season total, I think they can beat Georgia. So sprinkle a little bit on that money line. Eastern Washington, BYU, Washington State, Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, Cal, uh, Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Hopefully they lose to Oregon State because we got our guy, Chance Nolan, there. Uh, man, they could run the table. They could really go 12-0, and 0, Dan Landing first year. Oregon, uh, but hopefully they go 11 and one and lose to our guy at Oregon State, Chance Noah. Remember, number one rule of betting is do not bet your own team. And I, I graduated from the University of South Florida. I've never bet their games, but uh, I am going to be rooting hard for Oregon State since I know Chance. Chance is a great man uh he's a great underdog guy who who really has a lot of mental strength and intestinal fortitude and doesn't make excuses he makes plays all right that's chance no all right we'll go to the washington huskies and the washington huskies are similar to oregon where the coach left where the coach got fired but the coach did a great job recruiting X's and O's. My X is going to beat up your O. They return 82 career starts on the offensive line. New coach is Kalen DeBoer. Uh, and I love these in, in NAIA coaches who do well because, again, they're not making excuses. They're making things happen with not a lot of resources. But you know they eat, sleep, the sport. And they're good at what they do to be able to come from that level. And now they're a power five head coach. Uh, he's offensive coordinator at Fresno State and Indiana. We had great offenses there. And then becomes head coach last year at Fresno State. Now he's the head coach at Washington, high paying job, making probably about $4 million a year, I would say. Uh, so they're in good hands. And Jimmy Lake, the former head coach, great defensive guy. Recruited well. They returned 82 starts on that offensive line. And you got to think at Michigan, at Michigan State, September 17th, you got to look hard at them to cover, especially if you get a crazy line like the one between Oregon and Georgia. So you got to look to Washington be able to cover that game against Michigan State. They returned eight on offense, five on defense. And I see for them, if you can pull that win at Michigan State, so that's 3 0. Stanford's going to be interesting. UCLA, they'll win one of those two, so they'll be 4-1. At Arizona State, it's a winnable game. Arizona winnable at Cal, very winnable. Oregon State, my guy, Chance no one. They're going to put an L on them. Uh, Oregon's going to be tough. Colorado and Washington State. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Possible high point for them would be nine wins. I think a low for them would be six and six. All right. So that is your Washington Huskies. I don't see any edges, you know, evaluating anywhere else other than that Michigan State game. Uh, the Big Ten Network, uh, Fox is going to be hyping him up and driving that line our way. So pick your Washington Huskies as a big underdog against Michigan State. They have talent and they have good coach. Now we'll go to our aforementioned Oregon State Beavers. And our guy, Chance Nola. So I'm biased with this team because I know the starting quarterback. They return six on offense, nine on defense. They do a great job running the football. 76 career starts on the offensive line. Jonathan Smith, who played there, he did a great job as offensive coordinator at Washington with Jimmy Lake. And he's had great mentors as far as Dennis Erickson 
And the guy who's coached at Boise, I have it in the episode notes. He coached at Washington. Also a Hall of Fame type guy. Uh, look for them September 24th. USC comes to town. Boise State's going to be a good game. At Fresno State, very good game. High, very good competitive games. They'll blow out Montana State, and then they get USC. Big game for them. Big, big game for recruiting. USC is in transition. Uh, the Beavers are not going to be afraid by the jersey, right? Even though both teams are a lot different than what they were last year. Uh, they're not afraid of, of the USC jersey since they beat them last year at the Coliseum. Look for that line to be inflated, especially if USC can beat Sanford for USC's uh, favor. So it's almost like uh, shorting an oversold stock. You're going to look hard at Oregon State, especially early in the week, if that line's ridiculous, if it's plus 17, plus 14, and then sprinkle some on the, on the money line. Right. But then again, I'm biased when it comes to the Beavers. But it's, I think, it's important to them that they return nine guys on defense as the defense struggled a little bit last year. They're going to change the defensive coordinator, not new guys in there, rallying the troops and guys wanting to redeem themselves from what happened last year, give themselves a chance as far as having a good football career. It's concerned for those guys on defense. And a couple of them might make the NFL. So, uh, Big year for that Oregon State defense in uh, that September 24th game against USC. It's a spot. It's a no-brainer. Even though I'm biased, you got to look hard at your Oregon State Beavers. All right, so from Oregon State, we'll go to the Stanford Cardinal. They were 3-9 and nine last year. But two of those wins, two of those three wins, one against USC and one against Oregon, which is one of the better teams in the conference. Uh, with Stanford, like we talked in the first podcast, it's styles make fights. So they recruit to a certain style of play. Stanford has 104 starts coming on office of the line. So when you look at the corporate governance of Stanford, you got David Shaw, who's in his 11th year. Uh, he's the winningest coach in Stanford history. He spent 10 plus years as an office assistant in the NFL. So, you know, he was part of that uh, big upset with Tavia uh, Pritchard of uh, USC in 2007 when USC was on that great role uh, system, right? So Pritchard played there. He knows the style they want to play. Uh, same thing with the defensive coordinator. Zone guy, Lance Anderson, uh, you know, in the mold of Derek Mason, coach there. Harbaugh coaching family that's won uh, Super Bowls. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh is now doing a great job over there in Michigan. Uh, so look for them to have a rebound year, even though they don't have the, the depth and the talent coming out of high school. They're a great developmental program. Remember, there's blue blood like USC, and there's developmental team. Stanford, the developmental team. They're in the second year of their two-year cycle. So you go 9-4, Look for them to have a nice bounce back here. And I already picked them. I think I have got plus seven. Against USC, because second game of the season, transitional year, 30 guys from the portal against a team in the second year of a two-year cycle. 104 career starts in the offensive of the line. So what they do is they concentrate. They make sure they have really good talent. They recruit a really good quarterback, and they did. And Tyler McKee, uh, that Chad knows well, he's giving me a lowdown on him. Uh, he's old. <laughs> Because I think he went on a more of a mission, uh, you know, after starting college late. Uh, it could be in his 30s, I think. But uh, just kidding. And he is old, though. He's at least late 20s. 104 career starts in the offensive line. And they're great schematically on defense and offense. You can plug anybody in almost, and they'll be okay. Uh, they're always 8-4. So they're going to go, if you can get a 7, 
out there at the SM at six to begin with. They'll win eight games. So we wish I'd lose eight, eight games. Colgate, I really do believe they have a good chance against USC. Uh, Washington and Oregon, they'll split. Hopefully they lose to Oregon State. At Notre Dame, I think they got to lose, but you never know. Uh, Arizona State, UCLA, Washington, Utah, Cal. And it should be BYU this year. BYU is a little bit of rebuilding the into, into they always have old players because of the great developmental program and more missions. So you're looking at uh, one Colgate, two USC probably, at Washington maybe, at Oregon probably not. Oregon State hopefully they lose. Notre Dame, Arizona State, UCLA. So you're looking at seven, seven eight wins there. And uh, more often than not, their game's going to go under. All right. So that is your how you make money with your Stanford Cardinal betting the others. And they're really good as a dog. So, it, you know, do your research there in a good spot and they're a dog. Go ahead and pick your Stanford Cardinal and pick the under because they like to control the game, playing the shoebox with the offensive line, run clock, uh, cut the game in half. I mean, if you, man, if you make a turnover, Right, they capitalize on your mistakes, and that's what we talk about taking advantage of an inefficiency. So, a turnover is an inefficiency that you leverage to your advantage. So, that's how what Stanford does. That's how a coach is on his way to being a Hall of Fame coach. Most wins ever as a Stanford coach, David Shaw, another great coach. He doesn't have the the wins that David Shaw has, but. Man, Cal doesn't really care about football. Uh, they don't invest in the program as much as uh, a lot of people would prefer, as much as they do in other programs. So Justin Wilcox is in a top spot. However, he always gets defensive backs in the NFL. He's great at recruiting and training defensive backs. Uh, third year, Bill Musgrave. Bill Musgrave as an offensive coordinator. Uh, did a great job in the NFL with Denver, Oakland, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Uh, he's been a uh, offensive coordinator since 2003 in the NFL. He's, he's doing a great job. Uh, so they're going to be well coached. They return only three on defense and five on defense, three on offense, and only 51 starts on the offensive line. That looks like a huge rebuilding year for Cal, even though they have a great defensive coordinator and Peter uh, Sherman. He does a great job. Uh, watch out for UC Davis. UC Davis has a former coach, Dan Hawkins, who used to be at uh, he used to be at Boise. He did a great job there. And then he went to Colorado. Uh, He's nuts, so he messed that job up. Got to make sure he's still there. Let me make sure. Dan Hawkins, UC Davis. UC Davis is always a pretty decent FCS team. So FCS teams always beat a Division One or FBS team every year. Uh, Cal probably in a down year going against UC Davis. And that'd be a good thing. Nothing bad yet has happened to anybody. So UC Davis is going to come in confidently. Nothing bad has happened. So looking here at the Wikipedia, he's still the head coach. UC Davis, Dan Hawkins. Uh, does a great job recruiting uh, for that level. And really, the difference between FCS and FBS is depth. 1 through 22, 1 through 42, uh, there's not that much of a difference as far as uh, marginal utility on average, right? Uh, so that's why FCS teams with FBS teams trying to play fundamental football, vanilla football to start the season, get the fundamentals right, and keep the best plays they do for the bigger games, the bigger first fries bigger fish to fry later in the season 
as a result of that, FCS teams can throw the kitchen sink at them and maybe pull it up. So look hard at that. You see Davis uh, Cal game start the season to look to bet that underdog. You see Davis. Let's look at what that line is or what it started as. You see Davis. And your Cal Bears. There's not even a line on that game. So maybe game day, look at that line. If it's plus crazy uh, Cal. Breaking in a new quarterback. Only 51 starts on the offensive line. Got to look hard at UC Davis. Uh, man, at Notre Dame, September 17th. I think Arizona could be even lost. At Washington State. Uh Man, if they lose to UC Davis, you know, if he's rebuilding Notre Dame, Arizona, they could be one and four to start the season going into the Biden to go to Colorado, one and five, Washington, one and six, Oregon, one and seven, at USC could be one and eight, Oregon State probably is going to be a loss, one and nine, Stanford in their biggest game of the season, and they beat them last year, so Stanford has an axe to grind. They're going to be one in 10. So let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Might be, you might be looking hard at the under for uh, as far as the season total, which I think it's at five. Look for maybe the under with Cal. Uh, they're going to be tough. So they really need to beat UC David. I think it might be the biggest game of the season for Cal, really other than Stanford game to get that momentum, you know, use that momentum to beat USC before they start getting beat up, right? Because Notre Dame will beat them up. Arizona, it's not going to be easy. At Washington State, it's not going to be easy. So Cal's trending down. That's your Cal Bears. All right. We'll look at Washington State. Uh, another team that's trending down, they're developmental teams. So developmental teams, usually have to have at least over 70 career starts, right? <laughs> on the offensive line, they only have 31. They return four on offense, six on defense. The program's in disarray because the coach, the coach will not get, uh, not even tested for COVID. He wouldn't even take tests. He wouldn't get vaccinated. New guy comes in here, did a great job at Wyoming, but he's the first time head coach. So hopefully guys on the portal will do well for him. They're really trending down. Uh, at Wisconsin, doesn't look good. So really they're white card, kind of teams you just stay away from, right? So that is your Pac-12 football. So you and I can monetize the season. And again, we, we're giving you great information so you can make money. And we're proud we can do that. Probably made $71,000 last year for you and us. People have reported over $200,000 made. So usually about 20% of the people who make money report back to you that they did. That's probably over a million dollars. And we don't charge for anything. And kind of the reason why is because I'm a big fan of Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill said that you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast. And if you have some great advice or way you want to collaborate with us on picks, so we both make money in the richest country in the world, $137 trillion market, feel free to do so. Thank you for listening to the ESBC podcast network.